planed away for miles across the upper face of the ridge and sat outside for an hour waiting for sleep to settle over him. Maybe five miles to the west, distance was tricky up here, a stony ridge rose higher than the foothills he'd crossed so far. In the long light, he thought he saw shadows flitting on the face of the rock. He took out his binoculars, steadied them on his knees, and scanned the ridge for over a minute before he saw them. Doll sheep, twenty or more, moving with spooky ease across a nearly vertical granite face. Lambs no more than two months old followed their mothers with sure-footed skill. Travis watched until they vanished behind a fold of the cliff wall. At last, feeling a calming heaviness in his limbs, he climbed into his tent and sleeping bag and faded away to the rustle of wind over the short grass. He woke with a quickened pulse, aware that something had startled him, but unable to tell what exactly. The sunlight through the tent fabric was stronger. His watch showed that it was just past three in the morning. He blinked, trying to fully wake up, and then the treble range of a thunderclap crashed across the ridgeline. Seconds later, the base wave shook the ground, seeming to radiate directly from the mountain beneath him. Relaxing, he sank into his bag again and rubbed his eyes. Silent lightning flashed brighter on the west face of the tent than elsewhere. He measured the seconds on his watch and counted thirty-five before the accompanying thunder reached him. The storm was seven miles away. Sleep began to draw him down again, even as the storm intensified. He found a strange comfort in the sound of it, a lullaby suited to this hard and unforgiving place. Within minutes, the lightning and thunder were much closer and almost continuous. Just before he slipped over the edge of consciousness, he heard something in the storm that made him open his eyes again. He turned an ear to the west. What had it been? It really hadn't sounded like thunder at all. It had been more like a scream, though not human or even animal. More than anything, it had reminded him of the rending of sheet metal in the prison drill shop. Well, that was it then, just his own ghosts troubling him at the brink of sleep. They were persistent, but he'd learned to ignore them. He closed his eyes again and drifted off. Three nights later, Travis set up camp 36 miles from Coldfoot, though the wandering route he'd taken, displayed on his GPS unit, added up to just over 49. He ate his heated pouch of enchilada soup. All these freeze-dried meals tasted more like the pouches they came in than what was written on them on the rim of a steep-walled valley some six hundred feet deep. Its floor, broad and flat, extended relatively straight toward the northwest for what had to be three miles. A cloud bank churned through the valley like a smoky river, swirling around outcroppings of rock and pooling in the deepest places. Directly beneath Travis, the valley floor was completely obscured, though for a few moments when the sun's lateral rays shone straight along its length, He saw the sparkle of something underneath the fog. Water, or maybe ice. He slept easily, waking only twice, not to thunder, but to the howling of wolves. He had no idea how far away they might be, though at times they seemed no more distant than a quarter of a mile. He'd read that wolf packs randomized the volume of their howling in order to confuse prey, and other wolves, as to their distance. It worked on humans, too. At six in the morning, he woke, opened the tent flap, and sat up into crisp air, colder than it had been the night before.
The visible horizon extended farther than it had at any time during the trip. Alaska or Minnesota? He'd come here to answer that question. He'd failed so far. The pros and cons of each place cycled through his mind of their own accord. Home was family, friends. For all the judgment they could never hide, they would always be more accepting of his past than strangers would. Home was his brother, Jeff, offering to let him in on the software business he was starting out of his house and show him the ropes from the beginning. Home was also a place full of ghosts, every street in the old neighborhood sagging under the weight of troubled memories. Alaska was this, this perfect emptiness that made no claim to understand his character one way or the other, and no effort to push him back into old grooves. In his move to Fairbanks, he'd brought along nothing, not even himself, it sometimes seemed.